Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Trashy Divorces. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another week of oof, bad behavior. My name is Stacy. My name is Alicia, and we always, Stacy, you and I record our intros after we've done our stories, uh-huh. and I'm still cringing pretty hard. We are both still experiencing some distress from my work this week, yes. <laughs> our theme song this week, Gonna Fly Now, by Bill Conti from Rocky. Mm-hmm. Very few words in that song, really, which I think describes your profile today, although we're going to try. Right. First, tell us who you have. I am bringing y'all the two trashy divorces of Sylvester Stallone. Kind of an interesting story. Mm-hmm. It definitely has its modicum level, acceptable level <laughs> of trash. And then Stacy, just wowza this week for you. I have English media personality Katie Price, who, American friends, please, please journey with us on this unbelievably trashy ride. You may not have heard of her, but you will feel something about the fact that you have now heard of her. Normally, you have to have five divorces or more around here to get in the Hall of Fame, but... She will eventually. An exception has been made already. (laughs) Before we begin our episode, Mm -hmm. let's take out our magic mirror and give some big love and thanks to our newest supporters who have joined us at patreon.com slash trashy divorces. Thanks so much for joining us, Ryan K, Carly A, Elsa B, Rory W... Brandy C, Megan L, Mitch F, and holy cats, a new super supporter as well, Joy D. Thank you all so much. Tremendous thanks to our new and existing Patreon folks and for you for coming to listen to this episode of Trashy Divorces. Yeah, buckle up now. And Alicia, what should we do? At your own peril. (laughs) Let's go, go, go. So Alicia, we've had kind of an interesting setup this week where I've been working on someone I had never heard of, and I have no idea who you've got for us this week. Tell me, tell me who it is. I am covering the trashy divorces of Sylvester Stallone this week. Oh, good. Someone people have heard of, probably. At least here in the United States, more Mm -hmm. than likely. Fascinating story. I have been so much into old Hollywood with Done and Done recently. Mm -hmm. If you're fans of old Hollywood, I would encourage you. Now is definitely the time to subscribe to Done and Done. We're going to have some great stories this season. But we're going to newer Hollywood. Even though Sylvester Stallone has been in Hollywood for a long time. I was going to say. You get my drift. He's not a spring chicken, but. He's not. It's okay, though. He's led a fascinating life. Mm -hmm. I think you're going to be surprised by some of these stories. Let's get into it. Sylvester Stallone was born on July 6th, 1946 in Manhattan, and his family lives in Hell's Kitchen when he's very young, but then they'll move to Maryland during his childhood. Sylvester's mother, Jackie, is a singer, and his father, Franco, is a hairdresser Hmm. who had been born in Italy before moving to the United States. Now, 
Sylvester's birth is very difficult on him and his mother. Forceps are used, causing permanent damage. The forceps will sever nerves on either side of his face. Oh, that's terrible. It's terrible, which paralyzes part of his tongue and chin, which will be the cause of his recognizable snarl expression and curled lip. Interesting. This difficult delivery also results in a speech impediment, causing him as a kid really not to fit in. As a child, he's made fun of for his name as well. So, hitting all the marks here. Hitting all the marks. Poor kid. Franco, his father is in the army and his mother worked all day. So, there's no one really to care for Sylvester when he was a young child. So, he's sent to a boarding house to live through the week and would come home on weekends. Hmm. Wow. It's not the only ways his childhood was difficult. His mother, Jackie, is pretty flamboyant and will draw attention to herself in ways that are particularly embarrassing Mm -hmm. for her young son. His father, in addition, has a very bad temper and is often physically abusive. Wow. It's no surprise that with as many challenges as Sylvester's had in his childhood, he begins to act out. And by the time he is 12 years old, he has been kicked out of not one, not two, not seven, not nine, but 13 schools. Wow. Here's what Sylvester does love, though superheroes and comic books. Okay. Reads comics constantly. His hero is Hercules. And this would inspire the young boy to become as much like Hercules physically as possible. But he's also drawn to these tales of good triumphing over evil. Right. I can imagine that would have a real draw. When he's 15, Sylvester is told that his brain was quote unquote dormant. Is that terrible? Yeah. So he believes he's never going to do anything that uses any intelligence. So he begins to start bodybuilding. And as a last resort, his mom sends him to a strict boys-only boarding school, where finally he gets one-on-one attention and tutoring, and it turns his life around. What? I'm not dormant. I actually have a brain in here. And his bodybuilding pays off, too, because he excels in sports. Hmm. It's all coming around for Sylvester. The clouds part and the sun shines down. Well, he ends up getting a sports scholarship into American College in Switzerland. And he's very, I know, (laughs) he's very popular in college. And throughout his increasing by the day self-confidence, he decides to participate in theater productions. Ta-da! He enjoys it. He doesn't know he's going to enjoy it, but Mm -hmm. hey, I really like performing, and he gets the actor's bug, like they do. Stallone is going to transfer to University of Miami in 1967, where he continues acting, and he meets some other people in the theater department, and they begin having writing competitions with each other. Academics, even though he has gotten better, never really his thing, so he will drop out of college and move to New York City to... Make his Broadway dreams come true. All right. His Broadway dreams do not immediately come true. And so you got to make ends meet and get a J-O-B and pay the bills. So Sylvester holds a lot of different jobs. One of those is cleaning the lion cages at the Central Park Zoo. He also ushers at local theaters. (laughs) 
By this time, he's in his late teens, early 20s. He's working every menial job he can, working through making his big break, becoming an actor. Mm -hmm. He's flat broke. He's sleeping at Port Authority and in other public buildings, like sleeping rough. Sylvester Stallone will tell Playboy magazine that he starred in a softcore porn film in 1970. It's called Party at Kitty and Studs. This is what he says. It was either do that movie or rob someone because I was at the end, at the very end of my rope. Instead of doing something desperate, I worked two days for 200 bucks and got myself out of the bus station. He will go on and joke that by today's standards, the movie would likely get a PG rating. <laughs> it, party at Kitty and Studs. Don't try to find it. The film was never ultimately hmm. released. In 1971, though, Sylvester's going to try out for the role of a mugger in a Woody Allen film. And Woody Allen glances at him because, obviously, Stallone is still unknown and said to Sylvester, sorry, you're not intimidating enough. But Sylvester Stallone, unwilling to take no for an answer, will mess up his hair and smear Vaseline and soot on his face. Hmm. And then sneaks up on Woody Allen. Oh, boy. Who promptly screams and jumps out of his skin. And naturally, mm. Sylvester ends up with the job. That's this, very smart. Very smart. This was the film called Bananas. He will get some other parts during this time and make some important connections. This is one of my favorite stories about Sylvester Stallone. In his next film, The Lords of Flatbush, he'll meet Henry Winkler. And they become friends. So when Henry Winkler later tries out for the role of Fonzie, Sylvester Stallone is his inspiration. Oh, okay. Winkler said that when he was new to playing the Fonz, he would ask himself, what would Sly do in this situation? And that's what Fonzie did. I can see it. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. All right, let's get to the first marriage. While old Sly is ushering at the Baronet Theater, he will meet a beautiful young fellow usher. Her name is Sasha. The two quickly fall in love and move in together. This is Sasha Sazak, born July 17th, 1950 in Chester, Pennsylvania. Sasha is known as Stitch. Stitch has always had an interesting acting. She's also a really talented photographer. In 1974, Sylvester and Sasha and their dog, Buttkiss... <laughs> Pile into the car and drive to California to further both of their acting careers. Okay. At the age of 28, Sylvester Stallone will marry Sasha. This is in 1974, December 28th. And the newlyweds move into an apartment off Hollywood Boulevard. And Sylvester works steadily, but the roles are very small. They get bigger, though. <laughs> they get bigger. The idea of Rocky <laughs> is something that... Sylvester had been developing in his mind for a while. He had started the year before really painting what that story would be like, which finally comes into focus in 1975 after watching Muhammad Ali hmm. win a boxing match. During this time, Sylvester's wife Sasha is helping him write the screenplay for the film Rocky. She will also end up working on the still photography for the film, Here's your done and done connection. Sasha was actually offered the lead role in the film Played As It Lays, written by Joan Didion, sister-in-law of its producer, Dominic Dunn. But Sasha turns that role down 
Maybe she doesn't turn it down. Sylvester asks her to reject that role hmm. because he needs her to type a screenplay. Oh, my God. Okay. So Sasha will act in some minor roles, but most certainly sacrifices some of her own opportunities to further her husband's aspirations for his success. The couple will welcome their first child. They have a son in May of 1976. And later that year, Rocky would be released, making Sylvester Stallone an international sensation and their lives will not be the same again. Four years later in 1979, Rocky II is released. In the same year, the couple's second child is born another son. And life is busy. Normal stress is happening. We got two young kids and the bonzo success of the Rocky movies. Just a few years later, 1982, both Rocky III and Rambo First Mm -hmm. Blood are released. Yep. Catapulting Stallone into new heights of stardom. That was like peak summer movie fare, by the way. He was everywhere. Mm-hmm. It was also around this time that the younger son at the age of three was diagnosed with autism. Hmm. This, of course, at the time, because so little is known about autism in 1982, is like tragic news for the family. It's not discussed. It's not an understood medical condition, which makes it challenging for the couple to handle They will try a lot of new therapies that are thought to cure autism. Sasha, as the mom and the wife, is extremely focused on caring for her son and doing everything she could to help. Sylvester's hours are increasingly hectic with him in more and more film roles and writing projects in the 1980s. You can see how the couple is already under stress. Add to that, Sylvester Stallone begins an affair with Susan Anton. Well... Okay. He will move out of the family home. That relationship will quickly fizzle out, and Sylvester will beg Sasha, his wife, to take him back, and she eventually will, but it is really kind of close to the last straw. The combination of all these things causes the marriage to deteriorate, and the two are at this point leading basically separate lives. Stallone tells People Magazine in an interview about their son's autism diagnosis, quote, it was really the turning point in Sasha's life. Her dreams and aspirations have been rechanneled into dedicated research. She's a driven person in that area. All of her priorities are geared towards finding a cure. There is no fun in the future that way. Hmm. This all provided the perfect scene for Sylvester to distract himself with a new romance. On the set of Rocky IV, he happens to find an ideal candidate. Dolph Lundgren? (laughs) Filming Rocky IV, this is when Sylvester Stallone will meet Danish actress Brigitte Nielsen, Mm -hmm. who was also married at the time. After 11 years of marriage, it is unsurprising that Sylvester and Sasha Stallone decide to end their marriage. Yeah, hard to imagine. (laughs) Even a little bit more heartbreaking, their divorce is finalized on Valentine's Day, 1985. I just feel like judges should have more judgment. <laughs> than you, you can't Is that terrible? date that yesterday. So Brigitte Nielsen is tall and blonde and uh-huh. Danish, fresh off her starring role in the film 
Red Sonia alongside Arnold Schwarzenegger. I believe they may also have had a bit of a romance. When Sylvester and Brigitte meet, she's 22, he's 39. Hmm. On a different but still related note, in her 2011 book, Nielsen writes that she and Schwarzenegger were having an affair during the filming of Red Sonia. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And in 2020, Arnold does confirm her claim. Apparently, when realizing that Sylvester is staying at the same hotel, she slips a promo shot under his hotel room door that said, my name is Brigitte Nielsen and I'd like to meet you. Here's my number. Sylvester calls. See, the audience can't see your face when you close your eyes and shake your head and make that face, but... (laughs) He will call. They will meet up and the next thing you know, she's starring in Rocky IV. Mm -hmm. The tabloids have a field day with this scandalous relationship and neither Sylvester nor Brigitte seem to mind They will both divorce their spouses before getting married less than a year after meeting. Why not? Rocky IV is released in late November 1985. Two weeks later, December 15th, 1985, Sylvester and Brigitte will walk down the aisle. I hate to say it, but the wedding was really the highlight of this (laughs) marriage. Everything sort of goes downhill from this point. Well, Jackie, remember Stallone's mom? She's mm-hmm. a professional astrologer. Oh, as well as singer. Okay. Correct. And so the Song of the Stars. She sings the Song of the Stars, and she will tell Uh-oh. her son that this marriage is not going to last. She says, do not marry this girl. She said she would not attend if he goes through with it. In her words, quote, I asked Sylvester not to marry Nielsen because it was not going to last longer than the next eclipse, and he would file for divorce, unquote. So what happened? <laughs> well, you know, don't argue with mom. Mom was right. Sure. By April 1987, the month the stars were right. The but... stars, the stars and mom. Uh by April 1987, the month of the eclipse, the two had filed for divorce. <laughs> now, from the onset, there's a great deal of speculation that Brigitte Nielsen marries Stallone only for his money and connections and this storyline along with their every move, is relentlessly covered in the media. Brigitte will go on Oprah, Where Are They Now?, and say this, The biggest misconception while I was with Sylvester was the fact that everybody thought I married him because of money. They didn't understand that he begged me to marry. He begged me. She will claim that she knew the relationship was doomed from the beginning and even thought they were getting married too soon. 19 months. After the highlight of the wedding, the couple will divorce and again, relentlessly covered in the tabloids. After the marriage ended, Stallone accuses her of being a gold digger and said that she had, quote, fleeced me as if I was a Christmas turkey ready for the plucking, unquote. Seems like a bit of a mixed metaphor there, but okay. Well, and a bit of a mixed message here after the divorce, Nielsen claimed that she was persona non grata in Hollywood, Mm -hmm. saying, when I left Sylvester, all doors closed on me. Yeah, that actually seems like that could happen. He was quite powerful at that point. So with not a lot of other options, Brigitte will return to Europe, saying, thank God I had so much work speaking other languages. She speaks Danish, German, English, and Italian. So she will say, being able to work in all these different languages basically made me survive. Mm -hmm. 
This is a little bit of the story I like to call relationship drama, entanglements, and third marriage. So far, it seems like the third time is the charm for Sylvester Stallone. He has been married to model Jennifer Flavin since 1997. Hmm. But there was a lot of drama that happened before they walked down the aisle. Whoa. Stallone and Flavin meet in 1988. He is 42. She is 19. They fall for each other. Fast. Their relationship, soon serious. Despite the age difference, it seems Stallone, at least to his own heart and what it wants, has found the perfect woman for him. They are together for six years, happily, when, on March 11th, 1994, a FedEx driver comes and knocks and leaves a little package for Jennifer Flavin. Okay. How little? Very tiny, six pages of a letter in a little package that leaves her heart broken. She opens the package and finds a six-page handwritten letter from Stallone breaking up with her. Uh Uh-huh. When you said small package, I thought you meant like ring box size. Oh, no. Oh, no. 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 So she will, Jennifer Flavin, will recount her feelings to People Magazine. FedEx. Are you kidding? No. (laughs) Saying to People Magazine, I cried a lot. You can't just write somebody off in a letter after six years. It's not like I was going to try to beg him to come back to me or anything. I just wanted to talk. (laughs) So. One page per year? Like, what? We were on a break. Poor Jennifer finds Mm -hmm. out uh, later that Stallone had ended their relationship to be with former supermodel Janice Dickinson. Sure. There was, of course, more to the story, though. Here's another little trashy layer of the cake. Janice Dickinson had just given birth to Stallone's daughter. Wow. Or at least that's what she said. The baby was given the last name of Stallone on her birth certificate, and Sylvester feels like he needs to do what the honorable thing is, so he proposes to Janice Dickinson, and the couple gets engaged. However... Less than a year later, Sly gets wise and breaks up with Janice when he suspects that, in fact, the child is not his. He will demand a paternity test and ultimately be proven correct. Hmm. Although going through a few candidates, the actual father was revealed to be producer Michael Birnbaum. Awkward. So awkward. (laughs) Stallone will begin dating again. He will surprise all the paparazzi by showing up at the opening of Planet Hollywood and at the Academy Awards with model Angie Everhart. The couple will then announce their engagement. Oh my God. Which no one's expecting. Honestly, Angie Everhart is an episode all on her own, but we'll cover her one day. So not surprisingly, the relationship between Angie and Sylvester does not last long. The couple quickly ends their relationship. Sylvester Stallone then reunites with Jennifer Flavin. Can you believe it? I mean, yeah, because you said that they've been married. Yeah, I know. I kind of ruined the punchline on that one, but whoa. Yeah, for real. I, that I'd have a tough time getting back together with that after FedEx letter. I would really have some pretty intense conversations at the Uh beach house. Uh (laughs) The couple will welcome their first child. Hmm. In 1996, they will marry and make it official in London in May of 1997, 
Shortly after the wedding, Sylvester Stallone says, I have had two great things happen to me in the past year, the birth of our beautiful daughter and now my marriage to Jennifer, who is a great mother and I know will be a wonderful wife. The couple have... Yeah, you know because you were with her for six years before you dumped her (laughs) for that other... (laughs) The couple will welcome two more daughters, and they have been happily married for 25 years. Congratulations. Apparently, the third time is the charm. Sure. I mean, the third time part two. (laughs) Okay. Those are the two trashy divorces and ultimately happy marriage Mm -hmm. of Sylvester Stallone as trash cans go. I think they fill all the steps. Oh, from the Rocky. On Philadelphia, City Hall, Town Hall, just so many Mm -hmm. steps. So many steps. Filled with trash cans and all the trash cans, I think, contain six-page letters. I was going to say delivered by a FedEx truck. The (laughs) the trash cans arrived (laughs) via FedEx. That's got to be it. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back from hearing from our sponsors, we're going to FedEx ourselves over across the pond for your story today. Oh, my God. I don't even know what to say. Let's pause. Once again, the reason why our theme song doesn't have many words this week. See you on the flip. Hey, Trash Pandas. When you need a brain break from your day, let me recommend the game June's Journey for Android and iPhone. It's a hidden object mystery game where you are solving a murder, uncovering family secrets, and, I don't know, exposing official corruption? All in an extremely stylish 1920s setting. Every scene takes you deeper into the mystery and introduces you to an expansive cast of characters as June Parker explores the questions surrounding her sister's apparent murder-suicide at the family's beachfront estate. Add your own elements to the island, from lush gardens to gorgeous new buildings. This story has so many twists and turns. Right now, we are on a global journey attempting to rescue June's niece, Virginia. It's a great combo of gameplay. It's a memory puzzle, a design project, an intriguing storyline with genuinely fabulous art. When you want to let your mind wander, relax into this glorious 1920s murder mystery and get lost in the fun. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you have been thinking about your financial situation, if you've been brewing questions you would like to ask a financial professional, if you would like some guidance on addressing debt, investing, or other general financial organization, then in the immortal lyrics of Amy Ray, I said it's time. Don't assume anything, just Just go, 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 go. 
to theoaktreegroup.net. There you will find the contact information for three holistic financial planners that have been working together for over 17 years. Kelly, Eileen, and Ellen will tailor a financial strategy for your unique goals and circumstances. You can also give them a call at 770-319-1700 to schedule your free one-hour consultation. They would never use your years to psych you out. Again, the phone number is 770-319-1700 and the website is www.theoaktreegroup.net. Go, go, go. All right, we're FedExed across the pond. You've got a legend from the UK today. I guess so. I honestly just heard you making a lot of weird sounds from your office. I just want to recommend that everyone get some hand sanitizer queued up. This is, this is trashy. While we all know that America's celebrity culture is littered with fandoms around people who are, or at least started out famous for being famous is the phrase, America is not alone in having those sorts of entertainment personalities. Some listeners from across the pond have requested that we introduce one of their more successful fame seekers. And it turns out that Katie Price's story is full of things that kind of make my American jaw drop. Katie, who I believe is best described as a media personality these days, got her start as a model under the pseudonym Jordan in a peculiarly English tabloid role, that of the Page Three Girl back in the 1990s. Oh, the glamour girl. The glamour model, yep. She's gone on to have a varied career in media and business, three husbands, five children, and she may be the purest distillate of trash we've ever covered. I realize that's saying a lot, but hear me out. 14 seasons, this is the pinnacle? Let's meet Katrina, Amy, Alexandra, Alexis, Infield. Born May 22, 1978, in Brighton. She was an only child, and her parents split up when she was four, but her mother remarried. She would end up being one of three. This is where her last name becomes Price at the new marriage. And as a kid and young teen, she got into two big things, ponies and modeling. (laughs) Oh, baby. This is how Katie herself explains on her website how her big break found her. Although I had many interests when I was younger, a friend suggested that I should pursue a modeling career. So I sent a few shots to an agency and was taken on. I attended loads of castings, had my fair share of negative responses. Then one day, in a studio next to where I was working, a model failed to turn up for a shoot. The photographer asked around if anyone would be interested in doing a topless shoot, and the rest, as they say, is history. My topless modeling career took off in 1996 when I appeared in the sun as part of the page three pictorial. The legendary section of the tabloid features a different girl each day posing topless. I was the first topless model to grace the page three for a whole week, fully dressed on Monday, then each day revealing more and more until Friday, full topless. So just in your regular newspaper... Yeah, I've got I'm, yeah, topless um, women. Yes, page three. Page it three. Was, I will get into this because it is a... I realize that American puritanism is largely hypocrisy and untrue, but that this is a thing is weird to an American audience. Okay. So she continues, The exposure boosted my career, and I soon became one of the UK's most famous models under the pseudonym Jordan. From there, I graced many magazine front covers, not just in the UK, but also across Europe. 
So about the page three thing. In British tabloids, you've got Rupert Murdoch was a big player, the mm-hmm. f- head of f- former. Is he retired now? I don't even know. He's like 90 million years old. He's married to Jerry Hall. We've covered him. Anyway, in 1970, he wanted to turn around the Sun tabloid. And so this paragon of rectitude, Rupert Murdoch, introduced this as part of the turnaround effort. And until the last decade, tabloids in the UK have included these suggestive and often topless pictures of young models on their page three. It's a thing. There's one that still does it. Most of them have stopped doing it. Unsurprisingly, Murdoch doubled the Sun's circulation in the first year of this kind of gross gimmick. (laughs) And while page three was controversial for decades, British society seemed to fall into this pattern where, like, politicians, often female politicians, would point out that this was really gross of the Sun and they should probably stop that. And then the Sun would turn around, including under... They had a female editor for much of the 2000s. The Sun would turn around and act like this was just a bunch of shrill heritons squeezing freedom of the press and they would engineer stunts to embarrass the politicians attacking them like parking a bus full of page three girls outside of oh, a politician's no. home right why just why it's i mean clickbait the it's the yeah. yeah before clickbait was a thing so all that seems like a really great dynamic anyway katie price working as jordan had a lot of success <laughs> as a page three girl starting when she was 18 maybe 17 17 or 18. At 20, she began what turned into a series of breast augmentation plastic surgeries. Sometimes she gets them reduced. It just, it varies. It's what her mood is Wow. at the moment. Okay. Initially, she upscaled her cup size from a 32B to a 32FF. No. This is another feature or bug of Katie Price and her celebrity. It's been reported like in 2022 that Katie has had 13 boob jobs. But she came back and was like, no, no, it's more like 24. No. (sighs) But she's also had a a number of other plastic surgeries done. So she may kind of be conflating a few things. She may also just be making up numbers. I don't know. She told The Sun, which continues to have this weird fluffing relationship with her where she shares outrageous things in its pages for publicity. And it, it, it is. It's clickbait. Like she is the human embodiment of clickbait. She says, quote, my old implants, I have them in a bag. Uh, Oh, no. They were a thousand cc's and Jesus, when I hold them, they were really heavy. I think I've got 795 in, so that's a lot smaller and they feel smaller. I'm so excited because finally I'm going to be able to wear clothes I don't look fat in. Okay, so I googled this. A 1000 cc breast implant weighs 2.2 pounds. I need Advil. I need Advil. I, I need pain medicine. I am so early in my story, too. Um, yeah, it, it's it, it's a full liter of liquid. This is like a, a full mason jar of liquid, oh of my. saline, I guess. Are they, I don't even know if they're still made of saline. Anyway, Metro UK helpfully summarized the plastic surgery situation in a March article, closing with some words of worry from Katie's mother. Quote, she doesn't tell me now because she knows I'll go ballistic. Maybe she does it because she doesn't feel she's attractive enough, or maybe it's body dysmorphia. Part of the problem is she gets her surgeries free, so someone is always capitalizing on her name. Oh, no. Yeah, that's that's Mm. an unhealthy cycle there. But I'm getting ahead of myself. 
So Katie parlayed the 1990s topless modeling work with The Sun into a full-on modeling career, appearing in Maxim, Vogue, Esquire, Playboys in Two Sides of the Atlantic, many others. She even dipped her toe into politics in 2001 because everything is about publicity. Everything. So this is how the BBC covered a campaign event as she stood for a parliamentary seat in Manchester. Quote, Campaigning under the slogan, for a bigger and better, B-E-T-T-A, better future, she arrived in the constituency and was greeted by a small crowd. Mm. Eschewing the battle buses used by the major parties, the model arrived in a Vauxhall Astra convertible. There was no sign of Manchester United striker Dwight York, her boyfriend, a Trinidad and Tobago international who cost United 12 million pounds. Katie says, quote, my policies are to make things fun. The election is boring. I'm here to spice things up, she told the crowd. So it, she really is running for clickbait. Yes. Okay. This is nothing Yes, She said her populist manifesto included giving tax cuts to anyone having an affair with a foreign footballer, herself, <laughs> as well as a free season ticket to a club of their choice. Oh, great. Jordan, who famously had her breasts surgically enlarged twice, this was a long time ago, (laughs) promised free plastic surgery for all and also offered to provide cheap package holidays on the National Health Service. So, wow, that's quite a platform. Quite a platform. All right. So let us say that Katie Price slash Jordan is a somewhat polarizing figure for the UK public. In an 06 profile in The Scotsman, writer Catherine Devaney profiled Katie and introduced the latest of two autobiographies she had authored. Katie has written a lot of books, but all through a ghostwriter. So it's really more like an author, authorial brand. Okay. Yeah. I'll go with you. Okay. So Devaney introduces Katie Price this way. Jordan is a product. Sex is her sales pitch. How best to describe her when the door opens. Think of a twig. No, really. Famous pneumatic breasts aside, she's had three operations, taking her from a 32B to a 32FF. She is physically tiny and seriously thin, dressed all in black with high-heeled boots. Her hair is scraped back in a ponytail, revealing sculpted cheekbones. Without makeup, her skin has that nut-colored sunbed look. There's a physical delicacy about her, but a hardness, too. She exudes no personal warmth. Everything about her, from the thin nasal voice to the tiny wasted body, seems brittle, as if just a little pressure would break her in two. But gradually you find she is one of those twigs that flexes and bends in every direction like rubber, the kind that cracks and splits but never quite snaps. What an interesting way to be described. Yeah, it's a good piece. And links to all of our sources are at TrashyDivorces.com. So Devaney provides some background on Katie in the piece as well. Price kissed a lot of frogs before one turned into Prince Charming. At 15, she was with an older man who physically abused her. Mm. She got pregnant by him, but miscarried. There was also pop star Dane Bowers, who was serially unfaithful and who she claims once knocked her unconscious when he pushed her against a car door. Ugh, this is terrible. She got pregnant by him too, but had a termination. Mm. There was a series of ill-fated relationships, including an engagement to gladiator Warren Furman, a fling with pop idol runner-up Gareth Gates, and the brief dalliance with Ralph Schumacher. 
she slept in the same bed as Schumacher, but he didn't try to have sex with her, which was kind of kinky for Jordan. Then there was the former Manchester United footballer, Dwight York, who, by her own admission, treated her like dirt and is the father of her son. A catalog of disaster, Devaney. Yeah, I feel sorry for her. Mm. There's a lot here to like unpack. Like, aside, yeah, mm. there is a lot to unpack. A lot to unpack. So she dated Dane Bowers, who is part of a boy band called Another Level, from about 98 to 2000, and produced a sex tape, presumably made public by Katie, showing him performing a sex act on her with his big toe while she was six months pregnant. I wish that I was making this up. Wow. On to Gareth Gates, who I think did go on to become a pop star, but he was 17 years old when Katie seduced him and then sold the story of it to the tabloids. She was 24-ish at the time, and in the States, this would probably fall under the statutory rape umbrella, depending on jurisdiction. It certainly left Gareth in a bad place emotionally and prompted him to take a break from the industry for a while on a reality show in the mid-2010s. Apparently, all British television is reality shows now. I don't... It's... All celebrities appear on... It's like the law there, I guess. On a reality show in the mid-2010s, Gareth said, I denied the whole Jordan thing because I was 17. I didn't want my family to find out about my sex life. If I hadn't have lied, it wouldn't have been a big deal. My family, friends, and fans wouldn't have felt as let down, I guess. For me, I was very young. I had to say, I don't want to have a long-term relationship at this age. So she sold the story, and I said it was all lies. The only thing I thought in my head to do was say it had never happened. I felt like I had to because I didn't want my family to know about my sex life. I didn't tell anyone, my family or friends, so they all backed me. Because I'm a minor. I'm 17. My sex life should not be... This is terrible. It's really... Finally, the footballer she was dating, Dwight York, father of her oldest child. Oh, and in that campaign for Parliament, she she got about 700 votes. The winner of the the seat actually got about 24,000 votes. So, you know, things didn't work out with Dwight York, but it did produce her son. And if I'm not mistaken, she was pregnant with that son when she seduced Gareth, the 17-year-old. Am I blowing your mind yet? My mind is reeling. Is this, is it too much? Okay. Because, like, we haven't even gotten her married yet. (laughs) I see why our trash pandas worldwide have wanted this one. Yeah, take a breath, take a breath. In 2004, Katie joined the cast of reality TV show, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, Hmm. where she met 90s era pop star Peter Andre, who was also among the contestants. As you might guess from his willingness to jump on board a reality TV show, he'd been off the charts for a few years by now, although he'd had a lot of buzz and a hit or two in the mid-90s. While they navigated various trials in an Australian jungle, I don't know, he wrote her a song and wooed her with a rendition of Ain't No Sunshine, accompanying himself on a frying pan. And after filming concluded, they quietly started dating. Did I say quietly? No. (laughs) There was no quiet. (laughs) Within months of the show's wrap, Katie was pregnant with her second child, who was born in June of 05. She and Peter walked down the aisle in September of the same year at Highclere Castle in Hampshire in a ceremony that was sponsored by OK! Exclamation point. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (gasps) This is is unbelievable. (laughs) 
Listen, literally no one can keep up with the Kardashians, but she and Peter tried. They launched When Jordan Met Peter, a six-episode series about their life together in November of 04. This was followed by many similar shows. Jordan and Peter, Marriage and Mayhem. No. Katie and Peter, The Next Chapter. And oh, God. Obviously, Katie and Peter, Stateside. Apparently they came over <laughs> here. What? They also released an album of duets in 2006 entitled A Whole New World, finally fulfilling Katie's dream of pop superstardom. She had been the runner-up to represent the UK at the 05 Eurovision Song Contest. Second place, apparently she was in a pink sequined catsuit. She did not appreciate losing. Mm. Hmm. That's tough. They had a second child, her third, in 2007, and in May of 2009, two weeks after running the London Marathon together, they announced they were splitting up. Neither was willing to discuss specifics for several years, but in 2012, she suggested that Peter thought that she was cheating and that the divorce had been his idea. Apparently, Peter suspected that her riding instructor, with whom she spent many happy days... Maybe was not just instructing her in writing, but she insisted, no, no, no. Oh, I bet he was instructing her in writing. I am into the ponies, not the pony boy. Sure. She was, anyway, for his part, Peter said something huge had for sure happened, but he wasn't going to talk about it in the press because of his kids. You know, we haven't had a pony boy repetition in a a long time. It's been a while. This story really does have everything. He did promise that one day he would come clean to the press as soon as he talked to, you know, when his kids were at the right age to hear what had happened. I don't know if he has. I don't know if that's come out yet. Okay. One down, two to go. Oh, God. Let's meet Alexander Aristides Reed, former mixed martial arts fighter, as well as an actor and a reality TV contestant. Okay. This was a quick marriage and quick divorce with the pair getting together while the divorce with Peter was ongoing and still the subject of significant tabloid interest. Alex would tell the BBC in April 2010, two months into their marriage. Again, she and Peter divorced in 09. I've come to terms with the fact that I'm a celebrity now, and that's weird. His newfound celebrity, as well as a big MMA fight scheduled for May, meant that TV cameras were following him for Alex Reed, the fight of his life. Oh, no, no. And even at this early stage of things with Katie, he was already marveling at how intrusive the paparazzi were. Quote, the other day when I put the rubbish out in a dirty old tracksuit, there was a paparazzi in the bush hiding, and the next thing, the picture is in the paper. He continues, but... You've accepted you're a celebrity, man. This is what happens. But my martial arts is what keeps me calm and centered. Oh, God. <laughs> Bless his heart. Yep. So they had married at the Wynn Hotel in Las Vegas, and later had their union blessed in a church back home in the UK. This, of course, was filmed for television. Naturally. By January of 2011, just 11 months into the relationship, they, well, the marriage, I guess, they announced their separation with Katie releasing a statement that said, Alex and I have had a number of difficulties over the past few months. I accept that these were in part caused by marrying too quickly. We all make mistakes, and this was one. However, Alex changed from the man I fell in love with. A judge finalized their divorce in the spring of 2012, Years later, Alex would describe their time together as his, quote, prostitute years. Excuse me? I 
think he probably just felt that, like, it's unclear whether he was describing himself, her, their life together, all of it seems likely. I don't believe that Katie Price leaves people in better condition than she found them. Let's put it that way. Fair statement. Friends, I feel like I am skipping over so much dirty, dirty trashiness here. But the more I read, the more I feel like Katie Price is just England's absolute queen of saying way too much about genuinely terrible decisions. Again, she's the author of a number of best-selling autobiographies and other books, who, which have all apparently been written by a ghostwriter. So aside from her long television career, there's a lot of stuff out there. She apparently dropped the N-word on television when discussing abuse her oldest son faces on the internet. No. She once told the TV chat show Loose Women, where she's a frequent panelist, that she owns a diamond-encrusted butt plug and that her favorite lubricant is spit. Why would you say these things? Apparently she was escorted off the set at that point. <clears throat> okay, I apologize. It's in the script. Okay, I apologize. It's in the script. In November 2012, single and fancy free, Katie met a new guy named Kieran Haler on the BlackBerry Messenger chat service. I just want to back up here. In November 2012, on Christmas Day, Kieran proposed to her. Inside of two months. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. They married in January of 2013 in the Bahamas. Like, remember that statement about her second husband? We married Married too too soon. That was a mistake. But you've met him, married him inside now November to January. This is all good planning. So they had two kids together, so that's fine. They were together for several years. Here is how the son, the Murdoch tabloid that made and helps keep her famous for good or ill, summarized her marriage to her actor husband, who was a decade or so her junior after the fact. The divorce became final last year in 2021. So here's the son. It was reported that Kieran Haler cheated on Katie with two of her friends, as well as having an affair with her pal of 20 years, Jane. Kieran was also seeing her friend Chrissy, 41. Kieran later admitted that he had 25 secret trysts with Jane over the course of seven months. No. And also confessed about his other affair during a lie detector test. It was reported that Katie had planned to confront her ex-best friend over the affair, In August of 2017, she discovered that Kieran had cheated on her for a third time with their nanny. On May 11th, 2018, it was revealed exclusively by the Sun's Bizarre column, it's real, that Katie had dumped Kieran for good. Heartbroken, Katie discovered cheating husband Kieran Haler had sex with their nanny all over the house, even romping in their children's bathroom. Katie has also repeatedly been barred from driving for all sorts of motorway misdeeds, drunk driving, speeding, blowing through red lights. In 2021, she was involved in a single vehicle crash that sent her to the hospital, and ultimately she pleaded guilty to drunk driving, driving without insurance, driving while disqualified, i.e. without a license. Just a masterclass in not giving a fuck about your stupid rules, society. Like... Just well, her political platform was fun. So fun. At 43, <laughs> she's been engaged since splitting up with Kieran, too. They've broken up. At 43, it seems certain that Katie Price is nowhere near finished, but I, for one, am extremely glad to be finished with her. 
And after working on this story, I think what I need most is a shower and a priest. Every trash can in the United Kingdom to Katie Price. And may <laughs> we never speak of this again. I think we called them bins. <laughs> it's... Every bit in the UK your, goes to Katie Price. You're welcome, world. <laughs> Y'all asked for it. You got it. How does one exactly clean their ears out now? I need to there's, know. There's there's not a bleach solution strong enough. I mm. Thanks, England. <laughs> Stacy, I dare say that Whew. that just might be. Mm. In the trashy divorces, I think we're gonna have Hall to cl- of Fame. close the podcast down now. There will never. And be that's one. the last episode of Trashy Divorces. Thanks for tuning in these last few years. It's been a ride. Ooh. Anyway, we're just teasing. We're gonna be back on Obviously. Wednesday with the trashy breakups. You've got something. I don't know if it's quite that trashy, but wow's it's not bad. It's same universe. I think everything competes with this from I mean, now on. Wow. We're going to fly now because I don't know what else we do. Thanks, everybody, so much for tuning in. You can catch us over on patreon.com slash trashy divorces for content throughout the week. Don't forget, done and done. This week is getting into some old Hollywood magic. If y'all are into that, check that out. We'll be back on Wednesday with a brand new Trashy Breakups. Until we meet again, darlings, good Lord. Keep your hands clean. Just... Just Santa, just so clean, so much soap, so much water, and like really a priest with some blessings and holy water might be needed now. And keep your hearts trashy, although our UK listeners, I think they already are Uh with your recommendation Uh of that one. Mm -hmm. So keep on keeping on, Mm -hmm. angels. See you Wednesday for sure. Have a great week, y'all. Talk soon. Bye. Bye. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacy and Alicia, with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at carbonmade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram and definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at trashydivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at trashydivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at patreon.com slash trashydivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear. Want to advertise with us? Reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information. And last but not least, come play with us on social media. I keep most of our Trashy Divorces Instagram hopping. Stacy and I share it up over on Facebook, including our Trashy Divorces podcast discussion group. Come join us over there and thanks again everybody for listening. Keep it trashy y'all. <laughs>